Hi listeners, this is David. Welcome to episode 4 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. I will be using the World English Bible, as it is in the public domain. I have entitled this podcast, Navigating the Bible Content and Message, Part 2 of the Old Testament. We will be studying an overview of the 12 historical books of the Old Testament and learn these books in order. Let's get started. In the last episode, we learned the two main divisions of the Bible are the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books and the New Testament has 27 books for a total of 66 books in the Bible. The Old Testament covers the period before the birth of Jesus and was written before the birth of Jesus. The New Testament covers the birth of Jesus and the period after the birth of Jesus. It covers the events of Jesus' life here on earth, the history of the early church, and letters written by apostles and disciples of Jesus. In the last episode, we learned the names of the first five books of the Old Testament. These five books are the books of the law, and their names are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Next, we will learn the names of the 12 historical books in order and get a quick overview of these 12 books of the Bible. The books of the law are followed by 12 historical books. These 12 historical books in order are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. These 12 historical books can be divided into three sections. These three sections are the pre-monarchy historical books, the monarchy historical books, and the post-monarchy historical books. There are three historical books that covers the period before there was a king in Israel. These three books are Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Joshua lived during the time of Moses. Like Moses, he left Egypt during the Exodus. God chose Joshua to lead the people of Israel after Moses died. Deuteronomy chapter 34 is the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, which is the last of the books of the law. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses tells the people of Israel that God had chosen Joshua to be Moses' successor. When Moses died and Joshua began to lead the people of Israel, they were about to conquer the land of Canaan and inherit it as the land God promised to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, over 400 years before. There are two reasons Israel was going to invade Canaan. First, it was to fulfill the promise God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that this would be their land and the land of their descendants. Second, God wanted Israel to invade Canaan as an act of God's judgment on Canaan for their wicked lifestyle. God says to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 5, Not for your righteousness or for the uprightness of your heart do you go in to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations. Yahweh your God does drive them out from before you, 
and that he may establish the word which Yahweh swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. World English Bible God told Abram, later called Abraham, that the land of Canaan would be given to his descendants after four generations, because the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Genesis 15:16 World English Bible That means that God did not let the descendants of Abraham to inhabit the land of Canaan until the sinning of the Amorites in the land of Canaan was so bad that God would use Israel to punish them and drive them out of the land. Joshua's calling as Moses' successor was first to be a spiritual leader to the people of Israel and to make sure the nation served and worshipped the one true God. Secondly, Joshua was to be a military leader that would lead Israel in the conquest of Canaan. Thirdly, Joshua was to exterminate and kill the inhabitants of cities in Canaan that God ordered him to exterminate and kill as an act of judgment on the wicked inhabitants of Canaan. Fourthly, Joshua had the duty to divide the land of Canaan into territories where each tribe of Israel was to live so that each tribe had their own territory. The only exception was the Levites who were giving uh, offerings for their support in cities to live in. The book of Joshua covers the people of Israel uh, attacking and conquering Canaan and the division of the land among the tribes. Chapter 24 is the last chapter of Joshua, and it is a speech or a sermon Joshua gave when he was near to death to remind the people of Israel to keep God first and not worship other gods and to obey God's law as God had revealed it to Moses. What are some important lessons we learn from the book of Joshua? Let us look at five lessons we can learn from the book of Joshua. One, the need to have faith in God. Two, the need to be courageous in doing God's will. Three, the need to protect ourselves and others from false doctrine. Four, the need to avoid relationships that would draw us away from God. And five, the need to know God's word and teaching and remain faithful to it. First, Joshua teaches us the need to have faith in God. Israel was about to enter the land of Canaan where there were people trained for war and they were about to encounter people stronger, mightier, and taller than they were. Fear must have gripped the people when they thought of this task God was calling them to do. God called Israel to have faith in him. This was not a blind faith. Faith in God is not a blind faith or a leap in the dark. Israel could trust and depend on God because they had either witnessed firsthand or their parents had been uh, had uh, witnessed firsthand and told them of God's mighty acts in bringing about the plagues upon Egypt through which God made possible for them to leave Egypt. They knew how God delivered them by parting the Red Sea. They knew how God miraculously sustained them in the wilderness by giving them food called manna in the wilderness. They could trust God because God had showed himself trustworthy in the past. We too can trust God because we have seen how God has worked in our lives, and the lives of others in the past. Related to this is the call to have courage. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6-7, through seven, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land 
which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to observe, to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. World English Bible. So the first lesson from Joshua is the need for faith. And the second is the need to be courageous. A third lesson in Joshua is the need to protect ourselves and others from false doctrine. That is why Joshua encourages the people of Israel in Joshua chapters 23 and 24 to stay faithful to God. A fourth lesson is the need of self-censorship and the need to protect others from bad influences. Part of the reason Israel was to completely conquer Canaan was so that they would not be influenced by the Canaanites to worship false gods and to turn from God. This conquest was not completed in Joshua's day. Joshua warned them not to marry these people, lest these people cause them to turn away from God. God only wants Christians to marry other Christians totally committed to God. God wants you to be totally committed to Him. Of course, if you're already married to someone that isn't a believer, then God wants you to stay in that relationship um, because marriage is for a lifetime. And of course, marriage is between, in the Bible, is between one man and one woman. But if you are single and you desire to marry, then God wants you to choose another Christian of the opposite sex who is totally committed to God for you to marry. The Bible teaches that bad company corrupts good morals. As a Christian parent, you need to protect your children from falling away and getting into the wrong crowd or group that will pull them away from God. Joshua says to Israel in Joshua chapter 23, 12-13, But if you do at all go back and hold fast to the remnant of these nations, even these who remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them and they to you, know for a certainty that Yahweh your God will no longer drive these nations from out of your sight, but they shall be a snare and trap to you. World English Bible. A fifth lesson of Joshua is the need to know and obey God's word and the need of parents to pass on God's truth to their children. God says to Joshua in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. World English Bible. After Joshua died, there was the period of the judges, The first historical book of the Old Testament is Joshua, and the next is the book of Judges. The Judges were similar to Joshua. Some were mainly um, military leaders, and some of these military leaders, like Joshua, taught people about God and the need to serve God. However, some of them were of poor moral character, such as Samson. There is a repeating cycle in the book of Judges. After Joshua's death, the people turned from God. Then God punished them with oppression from their enemies. Then the people would repent and ask for God's help. God would then raise up a military leader called a judge to deliver them from their enemies, and they would return to serve God for a while. Then the cycle would repeat. The people would turn from God, 
God would punish them by permitting foreigners to conquer and oppress them. Then when things got really bad, the people would seek God again, and again God would send another judge to deliver them. This, Like I said, this cycle just kept repeating. The judges usually only helped a few of the tribes. They did not lead the entire nation. Among the famous judges in the book of Judges were Samson and Gideon. Uh, Judges has 21 chapters. Judges shows us that God is in control and that there will be consequences for disobeying God. The next historical book is the Book of Ruth. The Book of Ruth covers God's dealings with one family during the period of the Judges. There was a famine during the period of the Judges, and a man from the tribe of Judah whose name was Elimelech. Now Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two children moved to one of the countries that bordered Israel. That country was Moab. Both of their sons married women in Moab. One of the sons uh, married Ruth, and the other married Orpah. Later, Elimelech died, and both of his sons. So Naomi was only left with her two daughter-in-laws. Naomi decided to move back to Israel, to her home place, the land that was Elimelech's. She said goodbye to Ruth and Orpah. But Ruth loved Naomi so much, she decided to go with her and adopt the country of Israel and to worship the God of Israel. However, they had no money, or not enough money, that they could buy back the land of Elimelech unless they were able to marry one of the relatives of Elimelech and that person would redeem the land for them. God providentially worked so that Boaz, a relative of Elimelech, met and married Ruth. They had a baby whose name was Obed. Now Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David, who was later a king of Israel. Ruth has four chapters. It is only about five pages long. That is the three pre-monarchy historical books. So the three pre-monarchy historical books are Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Elimelech and Naomi had a hard life at a hard time. In spite of Naomi's pain, God was at work in her life. God brought joy into her life with the birth of her grandson, Obed. The next six historical books cover the period of the monarchy. These six historical books in order are 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles. The first of these six monarchy historical books is the book of 1 Samuel. Samuel was the last judge of the period of the judges. He was also a prophet and grew up in the tabernacle with the priest because his mother had dedicated him to God. When Samuel was old, the people of Israel wanted a king to be their leader. God permitted this even though God was considered the true king of Israel. God instructed Samuel to anoint Saul as the first king. The books of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel covers the period of the reign of King Saul and then King David. God instructed Samuel to anoint Saul as the first king of Israel. At first, Saul was a true believer in God. God's Spirit came upon Saul, and he became a new man. Yet Saul departed from God. Saul disobeyed God, 
when he offered his sacrifice to God when only priests such as Samuel were permitted to perform these sacrifices. Secondly, God sent Saul on a mission, and Saul only partially obeyed what God commanded him to do in that mission. God does not want a partial obedience. He wants us to completely obey him. Then God told Samuel to anoint a shepherd boy by the name of David to be king. David became a great warrior in the Israelite army. When he was a young man, too young for war, God helped him slay an enemy soldier that was a giant. Everyone else was too afraid to face this giant in battle. The giant's name was Goliath, and he stood nine and a half feet tall. David trusted that God would help him defeat this giant in battle, and with God's help, he did. We can accomplish great things when we do it to glorify God and not ourselves, and we trust in God to help us, and it is a part of God's plan. David then became famous in the Israelite army, and Saul became jealous and plotted to kill David. But God protected David from Saul because God had chosen David to be king later on of Israel. David was close friends with Saul's son named Jonathan. One day Saul and Jonathan were, Jonathan were killed in battle, and that is how the book of 1 Samuel ends. The book of 2 Samuel covers the time that David was king over Israel. God helped David to establish peace in Israel by making him victorious in battle. David moved the capital of Israel to Jerusalem and brought the Ark of the Tabernacle to Jerusalem so God would be worshipped in Jerusalem. David wanted to build a permanent temple for the worship of Yahweh in Jerusalem, but God told David no, but his son would do so. David gathered the materials needed for the building of the temple and for the furnishings for the temple. Even though he knew he would not be the one to build it, he wanted to help make provisions for the person who would build it. God made a covenant with David that someone would always sit on David's throne from the line of David and that that king would be called God's son. This promise will find its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. About a thousand years after the time of King David, Jesus was born in the city of David in Bethlehem. Jesus was born king of the Jews. Jesus came to obey God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus will one day return and sit upon David's throne. Jesus is already the king of God's kingdom. God has given to Jesus all authority in heaven and on earth. God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom of those who have turned from their sins to love and serve the one true God. Second Samuel has 24 chapters. By the time of the end of Second Samuel, David is an old man and about to die. The next historical book is First Kings. First Kings starts with noting that David was old and sick and about to die. The focus turns to who will sit on David's throne after David died. God chose David's son Solomon to become the next king of Israel. The book of 1 Kings and 2 Kings covers the reigns of King Solomon all the way to the very last kings of Israel and Judah. King Solomon built the temple for Yahweh that David had wanted to build. God gave to Solomon great wisdom. 
Solomon wrote three books of the Bible. These books are Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. We will discuss these later, but Proverbs are short sayings on wisdom. Ecclesiastes talks of how meaningless life is without God. And the Song of Solomon is about the romantic and sexual love between a man and a woman. Israel prospered under the reign of King Solomon. However, King Solomon had many wives that worshipped false gods and they turned his heart from serving God. This is a warning to Christians that we are all capable of turning from God no matter how good we have been in our service to God in the past. Solomon wrote three books of the Bible and was a very wise man, yet he fell from God's favor and sinned against God. He married women who did not put God first in their lives. In fact, they worshipped false gods. They convinced him to worship these false gods. God wants us to marry just one person. Solomon had many wives. Many of these marriages were for political reasons. He gained power and allies from other countries by marrying the daughters of kings. He trusted in his own wisdom and strength to bring safety to his nation, rather than trusting and obeying God. After King Solomon died in about 982 BC, his son Rehoboam became king of Israel. The northern kingdom of Israel fell to the Assyrians in about 722 BC, which would be about 260 years later. Ten of the tribes rebelled against Rehoboam and formed the northern kingdom. The first king of the northern kingdom was Jeroboam, but Rehoboam remained the king of the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was called Israel, and eventually the capital of Israel became Samaria. The southern kingdom was called Judah, and the capital continued to be Jerusalem. From 1 Kings 12.20, we learn that only the tribe of Judah followed Rehoboam, but the context shows he reigned over the cities of Judah, which may have included the tribe of Benjamin as well, since they joined Judah's army, as we see in 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 17 and 21. Also, some of the Levites of the tribe of Levi stayed with Judah. The rest of the books of 1 Kings and the book of 2 Kings covers the reigns of the kings of Israel and Judah. First and Second Chronicles covers the same period, but a more favorable view of the kings of Judah mentioned in First and Second Kings. The northern kingdom got off to a bad start that they never fully recovered from spiritually. They turned from the worship of God, and they sinned by worshiping idols of a calf. There was not a single good king in the northern kingdom. Most of the people of Israel followed the poor leadership of their king. God sent them prophets to warn them to return to God, but they would not listen to these prophets and did not return to God. Some of the 17 prophetic books at the end of the Old Testament were written by some of these prophets. A little over 200 years later, God greatly punished the northern kingdom. They were conquered by the Assyrian Empire and many were killed or deported out of the Promised Land to other countries. The capital city of the Assyrian Empire was Nineveh. The teachings of First and Second Kings in regards to the northern kingdom of Israel is summarized in 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 6 through 18, which lists all the sins of the people of Israel that led to God's judgment. 
The predominant sin mentioned is the worship of false gods. With the worship of false gods came acts of worship to these false gods and following the laws of these false religions rather than the true God. Yet God sent them prophets to warn them to return to God, and the people would not listen to these prophets from God. Parents even murdered their own children by sacrificing them to these false gods. They also practiced divination, which is something displeasing to God. In partial contrast, some of the kings of Judah followed the one true God and led the southern kingdom to destroy idols and led them to worship the true God. But some kings were bad and worshipped idols, and the nation turned from God with them. God sent prophets to the southern kingdom as well. Some of the 17 prophetic books were written by some of these prophets. Some of these kings listened to the prophets and turned the people back to God. One of these prophets was Isaiah, who had a great influence on King Hezekiah, king of Judah. After the Assyrians conquered Israel, they planned on conquering Judah. Through the leadership of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and the prophet Isaiah, the people of Jerusalem trusted in God, and thus God delivered them from the Assyrians. After Hezekiah, there were some bad kings that turned people away from God, and God again sent them prophets such as Jeremiah, warning them to turn from their sins and turn back to God. They would not listen to God. Thus God judged them. Many of them were deported to Babylon, and others died. Jerusalem was destroyed. All the walls of Jerusalem were torn down, and the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. Among those taken captive was the prophet Daniel and the prophet Ezekiel. Jeremiah prophesied the Babylonian captivity would last 70 years. The captivity did last 70 years, just like Jeremiah said it would. The books of 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles also informs us of the history of the period of the kings of Judah, but with other details and with a focus on the role of the tribe of Levi and the worship of God. In review, the six historical books of the period of the monarchy are 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles. Then after the 70 years of captivity, some of the people of Judah began to return from Babylon to Judah. This brings us to the three post-monarchy historical books of the Old Testament. These three books are Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. The book of Ezra has 10 chapters. The book of Nehemiah has 13 chapters. The book of Esther has 10 chapters. The book of Ezra, Ezra was during the first year of Cyrus, who was king of Persia, which is modern-day Iran. God prompted Cyrus to proclaim that a temple should be built to God in Jerusalem. When Judah fell to the Babylonians 70 years earlier, Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed. Now was the time to rebuild it. Then God put it on the hearts of the exiles from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Among those who returned to rebuild the temple were Zerubbabel, who became the governor of Judah, and Jeshua, the high priest. The number who returned were 42,300, plus about 7,500 servants and singers. 
the building of the temple was started, but delayed because of opposition to God's plan. The work of the, on of the house of God in Jerusalem ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia, because the neighboring peoples opposed the rebuilding of the temple. During this time, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah prophesied and encouraged the people to resume the building of the temple. The books of Haggai and Zechariah are towards the end of the Old Testament and are a part of the twelve minor prophets. Then the temple was completed. In chapter 7 of Ezra, after the temple was uh, rebuilt, Ezra returns to Jerusalem from Babylon. Ezra was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses. Ezra returned to Jerusalem during the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. The book of Ezra teaches us the importance of knowing God's word and the important role that teachers of God's word have. While we have the responsibility to read and study God's word ourselves, God has gifted some Christians with the gift of teaching that we all benefit from. God gives all Christians spiritual gifts, and whatever that gift is, we need to use it to serve God. Focus more on serving God rather than trying to find out what your gift is. When you focus on serving God, then the gift God has given you will come through, even though you may not be able to say, oh, that's my spiritual gift. Your gift may be be any helper to others or a source of encouragement to someone or praying for someone or telling someone else you know about God. Even though the temple had been rebuilt, the walls of the city of Jerusalem were not rebuilt yet. Thus comes the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. In the 20th year of the reign of Artaxerxes, Nehemiah was given permission to return to Jerusalem to build its walls. Ezra was still in Jerusalem and taught God's law to the people. Nehemiah is an example of a person who persisted in fulfilling the mission God gave to him. Many people opposed and tried to fight what God was calling Nehemiah to do, but Nehemiah was persistent in completing the task God had put on his heart. Because of his persistence, the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt. When we set out to obey God, we must do so in spite of opposition and not become discouraged or give up just because we face opposition. Esther was during the reign of King Ahasuerus, king of Persia. She was a Jewish girl by the name of Esther, and she became the queen of King Ahasuerus. Her uncle was Mordecai. While Esther was queen, an anti-Semite by the name of Haman plotted the genocide of all Jews. God worked through Mordecai and Esther to destroy Haman's plot and save the Jewish people from genocide. Esther used her position as queen not to bring glory to herself, but to serve God. So whatever role God puts you in, fulfill that role to bring glory to God and not to yourself. After the historical books are five poetry books. These books in order are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Remember that Psalms is, is about in the middle of the Bible. In summary, there are 12 historical books in the Old Testament. The first three historical books are before the period of the kings of Israel and Judah. These three books are Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Then there are six historical books during the monarchy, the time of the kings of Israel and Judah. These six books are 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 
2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles. Then there are three books after the time of the monarchy, when other nations ruled over the Jewish people. These three historical books are Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Thus, the twelve historical books in order are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Take time each day to try to write um, out these 12 books in order, uh, three or four times a day, and you'll get down these, hopefully you get down these books and be able to look up scripture references quickly. During the next episode, we will focus on the on these poetic books of the Old Testament, um, Job's, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Thank, thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out the website, UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com, where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.